0: Welcome to the first official true episode of This Perfect Day Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brett. I'm joined by my friend with the fake name, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Hello again. And I um, wanted to welcome you guys. Thank you for joining us and listening in. We do appreciate uh, the comments and some of the feedback we've got just from our introductory episode. Um, and for people that have joined us on the message board, of which we've got a few now, including people we don't even know, which is... Actually to me f- feels pretty good considering we don't even have an actual show until right now. It's mysterious and exciting. It and is. we're happy to have you on board. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And um, as some of you may have seen our first our first topic for our show is going to be the broad and um, very commonly experienced UFO sightings. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and um, a huge topic to discuss in a small amount of time, but
1: we're gonna do our best
0: here it is. now we're probably not gonna hit in real detail any any of the sightings we'll we'll obviously we'll need to hit on some uh, we might talk about the psychology behind the sightings as a whole um, we probably in the future will dedicate an entire episode to something like Roswell just because you know it's it's what started really in this country really started the craze of UFOs so uh, that will not be a dedicated show today though I'm at least gonna mention the word Roswell right uh, now and some sometime later in the episode and it, it's definitely <laughs> gonna come up because I to, <clears throat> to me it all starts there too it starts there with the conspiracy side but it also starts there with with the uh, with the skeptic side of things so sure. so I want to start out I want to give a uh, kind of a broad overview of the skeptics' viewpoint, the, the UFO skeptic side of things. Oh, this should be good. I can't answer <laughs> here <laughs> And the the number one thing about that is UFOs exist. We know that UFOs exist. UFO skeptics say UFOs exist. Where we draw the line is we say it has nothing to do with aliens. Uh, a UFO does not prove that E.T. has ever visited this planet. A UFO is exactly that. It's an unidentified object that's flying. Or falling, or happens to be an anomaly on film, whatever it is, is simply an unidentified object. By definition, that means we don't have any idea. But it also doesn't mean aliens. So, I mean, really, in a nutshell, that's, that's a skeptic viewpoint.
1: Wow, that's a, uh, that's, that's, that's coming at me from a direction that I was not expecting. I have to admit, Brett. And it's a, it's an interesting <laughs> one. So you're not objecting to, or the the, the skeptic viewpoint then is not that uh, UFOs uh, don't exist. It's that uh, they're not piloted by
0: alien intelligences. It's that they're not necessarily piloted. Not piloted. They maybe they are. Maybe they're not. Okay. That the they're, they're not identified. Okay. Um, maybe it's it's you know uh, pictures that on the on the web were zoomed in so close that it's just you're getting into the grain of the film. Hmm. Um, it's you're looking at a picture online. It's it's a JPEG anomaly. Mm. You know it, it's it's unidentified. It may not exist at all. Mm. But well, there it is.
1: It may be a close-up of Jessica Beale's nipple. <laughs> it could <laughs> away be. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> in, in which case,
0: let's identify that uh, immediately. <laughs>
1: so well, that's 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 interesting. And I, you know, that's uh, my my my, view, my view, viewpoint is not that not that much different as the as a conspiracy theorist. And, and what what I what I like to do is lay out, I guess, what the classic notions of what the conspiracy theorist view might be about UFOs. And my views personally are quite different from those. And and we can talk about that as the as the show goes on. And, and I tried to I tried to come up with what I thought the story was. You know, what's the commonly held nutshell of an idea of of of, of UFOs. And the best I could I could do was to put it into five points. So the first point is, and again, this is just the story of UFOs from a conspiracy nut case such as myself. <laughs> Number one, people have been seeing unidentified flying objects for as long as man has flown, which is 1903 Wright brothers, and especially since the dawn of the nuclear age, which is post-war, uh, mid to late 40s. Point two is that UFOs are metal objects that have advanced maneuverability. Point three is that UFOs are piloted by extraterrestrial beings. Point four that beings, these beings come from an advanced civilizations, and I'm making air quotes when I say advanced.
0: <laughs> Can't you tell? <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> point five is that these beings are here to observe us scientifically and provide us or maybe just our leaders, if there's a cover-up involved, with some sort of advanced knowledge. Uh, and in recent times, that advanced knowledge has shifted from, uh, let's say, technical knowledge, which seemed to be the, the popular idea in, say, the 40s, 50s, 60s, to some sort of spiritual enlightenment-type knowledge that seems to be in keeping with the, with the New Age philosophies that surround us these days. And I have contentions with all five of those points, by the way. And we can, we can get into that as we, as, as we go.
0: I want to also first apologize to people that they may have noticed that, uh, we appear to have dogs outside the studio. <laughs> Did that you hear dogs? That. I didn't hear dogs. <laughs> I heard sound effects. <laughs> That's right. Uh, my bad. <laughs> I meant sound effects. <laughs> so, um, well, I, I, I guess one of the things that I want to say also from the skeptic side of things Uh, skeptics really believe that a lot of the sightings that believers have can actually and have been explained Hmm. so when i say such as well such such as uh, a lot of a lot of stuff looks like um they're called lenticular clouds. For example, uh, one of the most photographed things of this is a, its an alien saucer hovering over a city. It's actually a lenticular cloud, and uh, I'm gonna—I'll try to remember to throw up some links for this for this to some pictures of lenticular clouds. They—they they can look kind of freaky. Um, they can look saucer shaped. They don't look like regular clouds. They're smooth. Um, they're flat on the bottom, kind of rounded on the top. They hover for long periods of time. They don't float around because of the way that they're formed they kind of stay in place like over the top of a mountain or wherever there's some kind of updraft of air. So they look like something you... people, And they're very they're also very rare. Hmm. So people see them, they go, oh my God, it's an alien. Hmm. Look, it's hovering. It's not moving with the other clouds. That's proof. So uh, you had an earth scientist or an atmosphere person or someone that, you know, just like me, uh, has looked and, and looked into these things. It's a lenticular cloud. So we can immediately... Uh, throw out the
1: assignment of lenticular clouds to crafts that have followed airplanes around and been sighted by pilots off their starboard wing and following them for several minutes, that can't be a
0: cloud, right? Well, by definition of a lenticular cloud, (laughs) it just hovers there (laughs) over a mountain. Right, right. So some of those things, um, there's radar anomaly. There's, there's, um, I'm trying to remember what the actual event was. It was um, the UFOs over the White House. Ah, Yes and back in
1: 1952
0: okay yeah and as soon as they sent jets up the signals on the radar disappeared right and as soon as the jets landed the signals reappeared right well it it's part of the way that the radar system works sometimes that radar can be so sensitive when it doesn't have anything else to bounce off of the 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 software doesn't have anything to compare to so it starts to amplify things that aren't really large objects. Um, I, I can say as an analogy is people that have listened to, well, even something like this. If we were to sit in silent, the hiss of the background noise would start to grow louder and louder because it doesn't have our voices to compare to. And then as we start talking, that background hiss goes away. Hmm. Well, that, it's not that the hiss exists. It's that the software is trying to do its job, right. but it doesn't have anything to compare it to. So it's in this small thing, Amplifying whatever it can get a hold of. Right. Yeah. And so as soon as the jets were launched, well, okay, now it's got a signal to bounce off of. So those UFOs disappeared. The weird thing about the
1: 1952 sightings over Washington, and I assume that's the, the ones that you're talking about, are that the there were, I want to say, 2,500 eyewitness documented detail accounts of, of whatever they were in addition to the radar signatures, mm. and what was really strange is that was actually the first time that UFOs were actually picked up on radar. Previous now, to that, they they had never been, in air traffic controllers, and that was one of the that was one of the common uh, ways to to, to to you know kind of debunk debunk them. Right. Uh, so, now, so it was unusual to them at that time that they were actually able to pick up those signatures
0: in 1952. Then what came for the announcement that radar had picked up these on objects, and we were scrambling jets. Followed by sightings, eyewitness accounts came first. Okay,
1: uh, followed by and uh, people panicking and calling the airports and calling the military and, and these things, uh, and then it, one of the air traffic controllers confirmed that there was a uh, that there were uh, there was something on the radar. Jets were scrambled,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, there yeah. were visuals from the pilots, uh, but on it, their radar only. Uh, no, there were uh, there were radar signatures and uh, eyewitness. Uh, from the, from the pilots in confirmation with the with the, with the tower I'm not sure what air Force Base that they that the jets flew out of uh, and, and then uh, I don't know at what distance they were but mm-hmm. at some point they 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 disappeared so they lost visual is that the one that and that was probably coincident with the loss of of, of radar
0: right now um, some of you may find out i'm not really versed in a lot of the specific cases um, I haven't done the research that Phils done sorry
1: <laughs> and I'll put in, uh, but I'd like to, I'm going to put up a couple a couple books on the on the website that you can okay. uh, reference. That you can you can look up the, kind of the factual right now, records of that. A, was that was event. that the
0: one? That, well, I, I guess let's let's go back a little bit. Let's let's go back to 1947. Okay, let's. I'd go like on. to take it back further than that, actually. But I want to start in 1947. Well, we can start there for now. Okay, because <laughs> I, I have the microphone control. So I'd like I'd like to
1: take I'd like to take things back to the mid Paleolithic period at okay. some
0: point. Where they drew uh, comments quite quite a quite a ways back. <laughs> so the really the the real beginning of the craze in this country was Kenneth Arnold, correct? Kenneth, Kenneth Arnold saw uh, he was flying, but towards he's a pilot,
1: and I think uh, near Mount Rainier, Washington. Yeah,
0: yeah. he said he was I'm reviewing my notes here. Ninety two hundred feet mm-hmm. reported uh, bright flashes above the Cascades. Mm-hmm. Saw nine nine objects flying in a V formation. That's right. Uh, At what he reported was twelve hundred miles per hour. Uh, He said they were skipping around like a saucer skipping on water. Ah, that's the birth of Uh, flying saucer. saucer. Um, He came back. He sketched diagrams. Mm -hmm. Journalists believed him because he had. uh, I I guess he was a very upstanding citizen, so his stories weren't really questioned. Yeah, Uh, that's kind of the mindset of you know, really the forties and fifties too. You know, a person's word was. Was golden. True enough. A, a, a lot more so. Okay, I'm a lot more than it is now. True enough. Where it doesn't matter who you are,
1: and, and someone who's a pilot, who's you know
0: a professional and trained yeah. to look at things in the
1: sky, are you know was, was taken seriously.
0: So, so to me, that's really two two weeks later. We had Roswell. Um, that's correct. Reports were flying in all over the world and all over the country. Um, which I, I realize can also feed into, uh, the believer standpoint. He saw them first. Mm -hmm. They were here. That's Mm -hmm. why the reports flew in. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you really get down to, you know, there, there's a psychology there. Um, you say that they've been around for thousands of years, potentially. Yeah. Let's say about 32,000 years. And, um. Yet, we didn't really, you know, we had the cave drawings, we had whatever it is you're going to talk about. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> you say that with such love.
0: <laughs> but, but really, there wasn't, there wasn't really, I, I mean, before that, people, you know, again, it's like you said earlier, it's the dawn of the nuclear age. Yeah. Um, the dawn of the nuclear age brought in aliens. Yeah. Before there were the aliens, we had trolls and fairies and and other mythical things to believe in. Uh, as soon as we got into a nuclear age, well, now now there's aliens. Now there's there's extraterrestrials from other planets.
1: Oh, but uh, we had those with us all through history. <laughs> we really did. It's 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 shocking and or, disturbing. Were they comets? <laughs> they could have had comets. <laughs> but when you see, you know, when you when you see, you know, uh, uh, petroglyphs and cave drawings of flying saucers and, and and little creatures coming out of them and laser beams shooting out of them and stuff it's really really disturbing mm-hmm. uh and, and you think of you know the earliest human writings that that date back back to ancient sumeria and and, and the glyphs of of you know early egypt all have stories in them about mm-hmm. ancient visitors you know
0: coming from the sky their stories the bible has accounts their, their stories, especially that, let's look at Egypt. Mm. They they also have stories too. If you read the stories of Egypt, Egypt never lost a single battle that they ever engaged in. Mm. Egypt never retreated from a fight ever. Mm. They simply won battles closer and closer to home. Mm. So you know cave drawing or you know temple drawings, temple stories. They're to to me it, it's you know similar to it's like anything else. They're they're put up there to say, look how awesome we are. Mm. Or they're put it there uh, as something that was unexplained. Mm. You know, um, a lot of, a lot of civilizations that were coastal around the time the Bible says there was the flood Mm. have flood stories. But a lot of them, they're also sea dragons instead of, you know, a tidal wave. Sure. So it's all about interpretation. If, if they, you know, a a comet, something that happened in the sky, you know, they don't have any way to explain that. It's a huge leap to uh, witness a comet
1: and then to say that, uh, yeah, people came out of that comet and taught us how to read and write and do math and breeded with our women and then left and said they'd be back in 47,212 years. (laughs) Pretty creepy. And all the you know the, the ancient cultures of the, the Mayans and Sumerians and you know the, these these stories and uh, the flood myths and these things are all kind of interwoven into this tapestry. Mm-hmm. And there are people out there uh, that uh, have speculated, and I'll put a couple of books up by, the, by these authors that you know our own origins as Homo sapiens sapiens mm-hmm. lends itself to the interbreeding of extraterrestrial entities uh, with whatever primitive pre-human life was existing on the planet at the time of their visit. And there that, are that a lot of strange th- things that that, that that the instantaneous birth of culture, uh, human culture.
0: That doesn't sound like a space mission I want to be on. <laughs> go make first contact with this place <laughs> and go knock up their... have some monkeys. Go <laughs> knock up their monkeys. Yeah, yeah. So that they can be smart like us. Yeah, that's probably artificial insemination, right? <laughs> Hands off.
1: <laughs> Experimentation, <laughs> so. breeding, breeding, A you know, and, and, and not to get too weird, but Adam, who was the, uh, the progenitor of our, of our species and, and biblical stories and the, the, the Epic of Gilgamesh and other pre Bible stories, uh, is Sumerian. A dot D A M is Sumerian for domesticated animal. Yeah. So and you know, were we created to mine gold and copper for some alien race? They maybe wanted to make us just smart enough to kind of get the job done, and hope we didn't get any smarter than that. To,
0: See, to me, a lot st- of weird things. Stories like that—they they can't be taken any more seriously than any other creation myth out there. You know, it's because we'll never know. Be, well, right? we'll never know. Also, but um, you know, look at look at the creation myth of anything. I mean, it's maybe a different form of creation myth. But I mean, if you wanted to, if you wanted to believe in alien visitation, aliens with okay, let's let's say the aliens had the most amazing powers ever, hmm. and um, God is an alien. Hmm. I mean, you know, you can go back that far. The, the entire sure. creation itself was we started by aliens. And, was an alien, sure. And you know, as a I can't remember what said, maybe Arthur C. Clarke or some of the. Mm. Any advanced, any level of technology sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic.
1: Mm.
0: So, to me, you know, I, I, don't, I don't buy into the creation myths of the Egyptians. Mm. Uh, I don't buy into the alien visitation myths of whatever culture you were just talking about. Sumerians? Sure. So, to me, it's the same level of, yeah, it's, it's a great story. It's a fantastic story. Mm. It'd be awesome if that story was true. Hmm. Um, Isn't it a little bit strange that
1: there were details of spacecraft included in these stories that we now know in modern times to be accurate representations of flying machines Mm -hmm. that people in that time period wouldn't have a a clue about? In fact, you know, I think back to, you know, if I put myself in the shoes of someone who lived, you know, let's say in the middle late Paleolithic period and I was chipping away at my stone tools and building fires and whatnot, I might look to the sky and see birds with their moving wings and imagine one day being able to fly like that. I mm-hmm. might, I might see a falling star or a comet or something and think, Oh, that's, that's interesting. But gee, to imagine something with spinning wheels and, uh, emitting fire and hovering and having landing gear come out and having portholes and mm-hmm. people in helmets exiting just seems completely outlandish to me. How
0: did they, how did they cook up those details how did how did how did um neanderthal man invent the tools that we still use today for splitting trees a long long process of tool development <laughs> right. thousands of years but at the same time you take a snapshot of that take it out of context with everything else and say look this man obviously had intervention he obviously knew the future because um, I don't have the, you know, forget the backstory. Let's, let's forget everything that leads up to the invention of the axe. Mm. Say that we didn't have all that fossil evidence. Mm. You take a man with a picture of an axe. Now he's got a technologically advanced tool that mm. he should not know anything about because I'm taking the snapshot out of time.
1: Mm.
0: So I think you can do the same thing. You know, uh, Leonardo da Vinci that. invented a helicopter.
1: The Egyptians invented it as well. How do they do that? <laughs> but same, yeah. I understand what you're saying, yeah. and and I would even I would even you know counter my art, own argument by bringing Arthur C. Clarke again, theory of Childhood's End, which is uh, one of his one of his classics. That you know the the whole idea of having these all these Jungian type you know embedded, almost primeval uh, ideas that, that that are just a part of being a human being carried with us. So in that book for those of you who aren't familiar with it you know the aliens come and they turn out to look like the devil you know they have horns and hoofed feet and wings and they look like our class our classic notion of what the, what the what the devil would look like and the reason for that is because these creatures had visited us in the past and people had told the stories of these evil creatures and described what they look like and it was a part of our kind of a part of our mythos it was built in uh, so you know th- those kind of things That that might well be the case. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be impossible for an ancient person maybe to conceive of a helicopter-ish kind of thing by observing (laughs) dragonflies or something. But, man, I think it's a stretch.
0: Yeah. Um, And, you know, so... so lost my train of thought of where I was going to go. This is where you're supposed to fill in.
1: Oh, I can easily do that. And, you know, (laughs) really really going back, and, and, and you started this off by talking about the the, you know, the dawn of our interest in UFOs being, say, 1947 ish or so mm-hmm. with, uh, uh, with the Arnold sightings, you know, right? And i stepping through the history, some really interesting things happened. And typically, maybe some of these items wouldn't be a part of a chronology of UFOs, but I'm going to include them anyway because I think they're interesting. Uh, we had, you know, June 24th of 47 was Arnold. Mm-hmm. We have July fourth, nineteen 1947, the, the Roswell uh, wreckage and supposed body recoveries mm-hmm. in, in near Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, July of 1947 uh, is when uh, uh, General Nathan Twinning, who was at that time head of the Air Material Command, uh, instigated Project Sign, which, which was a predecessor to Blue Book. It was really the first official U.S. government study for UFOs uh, undertaken by the Air Force. All kinds of people involved in that. It was located at Wright Pat, uh, and they wanted to carry out an exhaustive review they of the UFOs related to that time.
0: They actually said that UFOs were extraterrestrial.
1: Yes, they did. Yeah. The conclusion of that report was that, uh, that, uh, that UFOs were extraterrestrial and that was yeah. shot down later. That's uh, why it
0: became Project Grudge.
1: Yes, yes. And there were a couple <laughs> other mini projects in there that were, that were kind of dissemination projects, uh, that were, you know, projects that involved whenever there was a UFO sighting, they would make sure to, scramble jets and fly aircraft over that area and then shoot flares and things like that. And so say,
0: so let, let's look at that. I, I want
1: to plug in a couple more things okay. in the timeline, and I'll, and I'll be brief okay. about it. Okay. Uh, so July 47 was the kickoff of sign. September of 1947 is when the OSS became the CIA, and their scope broadened immensely. And their scope really turned into what the CIA is now, which is collecting information about foreign entities – now, take that in the broadest sense possible and assume that foreign might include extraterrestrial entities. And you've got and the advise in black. Yeah, the men in black. And advise public, public policymakers on those things. September of 1947 is when the Twinning Report came out saying UFOs were real. That was pushed under the rug. Uh, in, late, in the late summer of 1948, uh, the supposed estimate of the situation document was generated. Uh, and that's been not released to this day under the Freedom of Information Act. It probably is the holy grail of ufology in terms of its contents uh 48 uh is when sign was killed december 49 through december 51 is when grudge existed and then early 52 is when blue book kicked off and of course the washington dc fighting sightings were uh were around 52. later on the condon report came out which was supposedly a university study but it was really just kicked off by one guy uh, right. 66 to 68, that ran. Of course, in 69, we supposedly landed on the moon. <laughs> and in 69, end of the year, uh, we're the masters of space, so Project Blue Book closes. Right. Very strange that the CIA is in the mix. Very strange that 69 is the date to close Blue Book. Me, thanks.
0: Right. <clears throat> well, let me... Uh, I was going to go back and th- think about... I mean, let's go back to Project Sign for a second. Sure. Project, Project Sign comes out and they say... That's it. We proved that these are aliens. All right. We looked at these pictures. We can't explain them either. So so let's say that, you know, we, we can't say anything else that they are aliens. So let's look at that from the point of view of a government. They didn't, they didn't say they were aliens. So <laughs> They said that they were of extraterrestrial origin.
1: Uh, they said it was, you know, that there was a possibility that some of the incidents could be natural phenomena. Uh, but uh, that, that they're they were open to other other possibilities as well.
0: They were very, very soft in their language. Okay. The, I I got that. My my information comes from the single documentary that I was able to review this week. Right. Which said, Sign came out and said, essentially, that uh, they they'd confirmed the existence of extraterrestrial origin. <laughs> um, and then shortly after that, that you know, Sign became Grudge. So if let's say that they did come out, regardless of the language, even if it does softly say, yeah, we're we're pretty sure that, you know... There's things in the sky and we don't know what they are. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. in, you know... And let's say that they... Did, did they say aliens? Did they, they can, did they say that there's a possibility that they could be of extraterrestrial origin?
1: Very, very soft. I mean, they just said that the... Uh, that I'll, I'll read to you from, from, from the, the actual twinning report. Uh, the phenomena reported is something real. It's not visionary or fictitious. Uh, the objects are approximately the size, shape of a disc. Uh, some are of appreciable size. Uh, some are as large as man-made aircraft. Uh, some possibility that natural phenomena could cause some of these reports, but not, not all. Uh, reported extreme rates of climb, advanced maneuverability, particularly in roll. Uh, they're very evasive when sighted or contacted by friendly aircraft. Uh, more on um, the common description of the objects uh it is possible within present United States knowledge to construct a piloted aircraft which could have these uh, maneuverability characteristics um uh, you know developments in this country along these lines would be, would be very very expensive you know it was a very i think you know military i think mm-hmm. you know softballing but even with that language that was infuriating to the powers that be right. that these things were even acknowledged that people even Dared say in an official report right. that these things exist and we don't know what the heck they are. Right.
0: Scary stuff. So to, to me, if, if, if I look at it from the position of a politician, you know, politicians are by the very nature of their job, hungry for power. They, they do want to be in control. Sure. Um, I do not, I, I'm not. I'm not a big government person either, just because I think they're all annoying people. <laughs> but... Uh, so let, let's take these people and to admit that there's something that they don't know, regardless of what they call it. They, I, I think that that's that's why they would put that down. The conspiracy would be there was a conspiracy to shut down the fact that our government is not all knowing and all seeing. Hmm. That there's something that our government can't explain.
1: And I I totally agree. I mean that would, that would be dangerous information for the government to admit well and and particularly in that era
0: and, and the stupid thing is really it wouldn't be i mean the people can be gullible obviously war of the worlds is proof of that hmm. um but if if handled correctly um i think men in black said it: people as a whole are stupid a person <laughs> is smart as smart but people are stupid hmm. and that's probably essentially true but um i think that as a whole with with the right knowledge, if you were to be able to come out and and explain something and say this is what we know, this is what we don't know, hmm. um, I think people could handle it. I really do, and I I think that um, probably I, one of the biggest failings of our government is to treat us as intelligent people. Hmm. So
1: um, it's really difficult to maintain control over intelligent people. <laughs> so it might be better to believe that they're not intelligent. That may be. I mean, therefore
0: rationalizing your control of them right (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's easier to Uh, to incriminate and um yeah put wars out there and you know it's that whole maybe maybe it is a maybe of a dehumanizing factor um but you know to me that doesn't that doesn't mean because the government wants to view us as this way so that they can sleep at night that doesn't mean that aliens have existed and walked on our planet and fornicated with our women <laughs> and uh, stolen our cows and that's a you
1: know it's and i i laugh at that you know but, but and it is a very real possibility that, yeah. that 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 is that is our origin and and i i chuckle because i think you know isn't that the ultimate fear you know as a as a human being that someone's going to Someone's going to screw our women, right? You know, <laughs> let's, let's, let's protect them. I mean, it's it, it goes on and on. You can take it to racial profiling. You can take it to fear of aliens. You can take it in any direction, and and that is kind of a it is almost laughable from a psychological standpoint to think right. that's included in the mix. But now, I'm I worry arguing from... against myself at this point. But, <laughs> but there are some things about UFOs that are really really bizarre, like that. You know, like right. and talking about you know early history of UFOs and like the psychology behind it. You know, it to me and again kind of playing my own devil's advocate here just seems really baffling to me that the technology of ufos uh, like the propulsion technology and the way they look and sound and what they do has evolved over time so if you go back to the biblical accounts and the pre-biblical accounts you know we always have some fiery chariot you know it's emitting smoke and fire it sounds like thunder you know it's god coming down and Wrath of God and all this, and it burns everything underneath it. And it's, you know, it's basically descriptions of rockets and, right. you know, something emitting hot gas, uh, you know, kind of ease that forward into, you know, we have flying saucers and they make some jet kind of sound, uh, you know, they're shaped like discs. They're metallic, you know, really highly polished silvery things. Mm-hmm. Uh, take it to now and we have, you know, these soundless you know massive dark objects floating that have you know these strange characteristics completely silent maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of rippling you know ionization around them or something
0: they can go from 0 to yeah. multiple thousand miles yeah. per
1: hour in the blink of an eye and the air, you know these aircraft are always a few steps ahead of our current knowledge mm-hmm. now for me as a modern person living in the modern age i can you know easily imagine all sorts of star trekky kind of things and mm-hmm. conceive all kinds of goofball spacecraft that would do cool things and shape shift and pop in and out of different dimensions and things like that. And the story kind of holds, but if I, if I take it way, way back, if I take it to, to people who haven't even invented the flipping wheel yet, (laughs) man, it's still, it still seems really shocking to me that they were able to conceive of like, you know, rocket propulsion. So it just, it's just so many leaps ahead. Like, like for us, we can, we can take a few leaps ahead, you know, based on what we've done accomplished so far right but but you know, they they're, ju- they're jumping into things that we can't even imagine to me
0: you're also outside their senses. you're also trying to understand the mind of a, a person who believes that the sun rises every morning on the wheel of another chariot mm. you know so y- y- they we may say look, look at that and say oh my god you're describing a rocket but we have no idea you know there's also um there's there's atmospheric phenomena that we know about today, that we we understand, we know how it works. Um, look up a sun pillar. A sun pillar might look like, uh, to somebody, they're rare enough, it takes the right kind of environment, takes the right kind of atmospheric conditions, mm-hmm. yet it looks like a giant pillar of light. Mm-hmm. It's just caused by the sun. We know it's the sun reflecting off of ice crystals. Yeah. Okay, they, they don't know anything about that. So to me, it's the same level. To the, we have to continue to advance the level of UFO to where it still seems like magic, mysterious and magic to us. Right. So, and, and it's not just the technology that's that's changed. Even since, even since the the, the sightings of the forties, that the behavior of the aliens has changed. It's hmm. not just that their shi- their ships um, have become more and more advanced. Right. In the forties, like like the, the very first abductions we'll call them, even though they weren't abductions back then. Aliens landed, they walked out, they were beautiful, they looked like us. I think <laughs> Barbarella, uh-huh. uh, you know, Jane Fonda. They're, uh, they were a uh, nice image. Yeah. Let's think about Barbarella for a minute. <laughs> Moment of silence. <laughs> and so, you know, they they got tours around the solar system. They, they yeah. went and walked on, they went and walked on the surface of Jupiter, yeah. even though it's impossible to walk because Jupiter has no surface. Yeah. Um. Some people went out of the galaxy. Uh, they, uh, they, were always the, they always reported the aliens as pleasant and nice and uh, just wanted to help. Who's this day? Who are
1: you talking well, about? The, historically.
0: They're, they're these people that uh, that reported these items. There's a documentary that I watched, which I'll have to get the name and put it up there. Mm-hmm. But it actually, there was a gathering uh, shortly after. Uh, I think it was still in the 40s. One of the first big UFO gatherings. Mm-hmm. It was either in California, Nevada, or New Mexico. Okay. I don't remember. I was actually supposed to be working while I was watching the documentary, Um, and it's interviewing these these guys and these different people, and they're you know it shows this this is vintage footage, not just saying this is what these people reported. This is vintage footage in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've got people drawing pictures. There's guys giving demonstrations. Um, There was one guy who uh, drew an entire map. I think he was an architect or something Mm -hmm. who gave a detailed map of what the inside of the spaceship was like. And it had the most advanced control system. It was all push button, but the buttons were pushed by robots. Right on. So, you know, you know, think back that time, the technology then. We didn't have yeah. LCDs and holographic displays. Buttons and robotics were <laughs> cutting edge. Sure. So, you know, th- they all had these very, very pleasant trips. With, with these aliens. Yeah. And then in the 1960, 1960 something, 62, 63, a couple coming back from Canada on their trip, a uh, uh, black couple saw lights in the sky, stopped their car, got out, looked at it with binoculars, went, oh, that's weird. Got back in the car, drove the rest of the way home. When they got home, they had lost two hours. Right, right. Under hypnosis, they came back and they were able to recount this entire Abduction experience. Abduction, and this was the probing. This was the needles. This was yep. the, and this is also the first people that really drew the grays, the bug-eyed aliens. Yep. And now everything since then, our nice aliens are gone.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, until Spielberg, right? Until Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you look at you know, and I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that there haven't been cults and nutty things surrounding the UFO phenomenon. As long as there have been sightings, you know, dating back to, to prehistory, uh, and that, that's probably certainly the case. Uh, I think there's always potential for misunderstanding of, of what it is that we're seeing, and it's really dangerous to make assumptions. You know, of it, it if we just assume for a minute here that, that aliens exist and they have been visiting our planet for a long, long time, and they're still visiting us now, uh, it's really dangerous to make assumptions about their intentions. Are they are they friend or foe? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's really intriguing to me that I don't hear too many people talk about, um, is, you know, let's, let's, when I started my, my kind of identification of what the UFO phenomena is at the, at the beginning of the show, uh, I went down through those points and said, well, you know, here's some common characteristics. And one of them is that, you know, these are these metallic ships that are piloted by alien entities, you know? It, it may be dangerous to even say that. You know, UFOs may be, in their simplest terms, uh, rather than rather than thinking UFOs equal metal things in the sky, maybe we should think of them as they are they luminous phenomena. They, they are a visual thing that people see, that people can take pictures of in videotapes, and there are lots of them out there.
0: But uh, none that, of them
1: that, clear. That we don't quite understand. Well, think about that, you know. If we had a film crew with, you know, filming equipment, let's get the Apollo crew, <laughs> you know, on, uh, on the ground for uh, a UFO sighting, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. And we get some quality images, but there are a lot of quality images, uh, because of the depth of field and, um, uh, capabilities of just 35 millimeter film. There are some really good photos out there that have been able, you know, that, that, that convince me. Uh, there are plenty of Sony eight millimeter reels lasting, you know, hours of UFOs flying in the sky that no one can explain. Mm-hmm. You know, if we take and you think if everybody if everybody's armed with cameras and you know recording devices, how come we don't see a lot more UFOs? Well, I would challenge you to think about you know going camping and seeing you know a UFO in the sky and whipping out your digital camera and trying to take a picture of it. It's going to be grainy. Mm-hmm trying to take a videotape of it, it's going to be grainy. There's just no way you can get good phone resolution with the devices that are available to the masses. You really have to have some specialized equipment to take good pictures and to get good resolution and to really discern, you know, little details and yeah. portholes
0: and things like that. I just think that with the number of cameras, the number of lenses that exist, yep. you know, even stuff on constant record yep. everywhere in this world, yep. you know, uh, they say that, You know, like even on the police can track you just by the various cameras that exist. Mm -hmm. You're on camera somewhere, almost everywhere. Mm. If you're outside your house, you're pretty much on camera. Mm. Yeah, with all these, all these cameras, low resolution cameras, low resolution. But even some of those, um, okay, let's.
1: If I walk into the Quickie Mart and try to knock it off, they're gonna get a real (laughs) grainy image of Phil.
0: Well, no, because you can always see those those guys' faces in those cameras. You can always (laughs) tell exactly who they are. Uh huh. (laughs) Okay, so let's let's change tack a little bit away from those cameras and let let's put it to sky professionals. Sure. Who spends more time looking up than anybody else? Amateur astronomers. Sure. Amateur astronomers spend more time looking up than professional astronomers. Sure. Professional astronomers look at computer screens. Sure. Amateur astronomers they're recording the night sky. Sure. They have more cameras pointed up, they have more knowledge of the night sky. They spend more time Every single night in their backyards, looking up. Yep. Amateur astronomers do not report UFOs.
1: Am, a, amateur astronomers were all over the Phoenix Lights, all over them. I, I've got to. We've, we'll talk about <laughs> the Phoenix Light here in a little bit. They now. made notes of. Oh my gosh, when I, you know, track the moon on my XYZ ten thousand uh, scope,
0: oh, you know, almost. I have to,
1: I have to, I have to, you know, make adjustments every. 30, 40 seconds to to track it in the sky. These things were locked on for 20, 30 minutes. Stationary, large, dark objects in the sky with amber, odd lights, clearly round, no haze. Uh, It's, you know, there simply have been Mm -hmm. a large number of amateur astronomers that have reported really high quality, uh, indisputable, in my my opinion, (laughs) uh, uh, UFO sightings. Capture them on film, taking stills. They're beautiful pictures. You can look at them. You can scratch your head.
0: And they're not—they're not, s- not saying they're aliens.
1: Not saying they're aliens, but you have—you know—six lights in a large V that's over a mile across, moving across the entire state of Arizona. That's—that's uh, that's nothing that we build here, here on Earth.
0: That the government has told you. All right, but the government this. <laughs> see yeah, yeah. T- to me the great thing about being a skeptic is I can dismiss anything you say <laughs> <laughs> by, by playing the government card by playing the government card um but the, the second card that I can play and and more significantly in my opinion um, is that in order for me to believe now I like I said we believe as skeptics we believe in UFOs it's the belief in the alien control of the alien origin of those. Sure. First, you need to prove to me that aliens exist. And now, anyone that's like me, anyone that's even remotely interested in science, absolutely believes this universe is full. Full of life. Full of life. You bet. Absolutely full of life. Yeah. Um, I am absolutely certain, as I can be of anything that's not been proven, yeah. That this universe is full of other civilizations. But yet you doubt any of them have come here. I absolutely doubt any of them have come here. Why is that? Um, There's a couple reasons. First of all, space, as Douglas Adams said, is very, very appropriately named. The distance between things. I'm sorry, I'm listening to my family sing in the other room. It's kind of distracting. I thought
1: that was another one of our special sound effects.
0: <laughs> that is the UFO sound effect. That sound effect. Um, space autopsy. Space is really appropriately named. It's it's huge. The fastest object that man made has ever launched was the New Horizons probe on its way to Pluto. We launched in two thousand six. It's not going to reach Pluto till like twenty fifteen. When we launched it, it was going fifty four thousand miles an hour. It's the fastest thing we've ever created. Granted. We are not the most advanced civilization, most likely in the universe. Although that's an interesting question. I'm going to, I'm going to get up on you on that one. Okay. (laughs) Um, yeah, take notes. You know, you know, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's, it's a really, really long distance to go anywhere as our, our physics has shown the best of our knowledge today that nothing can break the speed of light. Um, I'd, I'd love it if we could prove otherwise. You know, Einstein and those guys, they also postulated wormholes. I would love it if we could find them. Mm. Based on today's science, based on what we know or think we know, faster than light travel is not possible. So in order to get here, you're talking a very, very long time. From any place that has what we could consider a planet with life potential. Now, we found a lot of exoplanets. We found a lot of um, what they call hot Jupiters, a lot of big gas giants, um, not that probably cannot sustain life as we would recognize. And uh, people might note that they can hear me throwing in a lot of caveats. There's a lot of... As far as we know, a lot of that we would recognize. And that's to me, that's how science has to approach this stuff. Science cannot say definitively that we've never been visited. I I can say probably we never have been visited by anything that we would recognize as intelligent life. Um, the amount of time that it would take to get here. The nearest star to us at the speed of light, the nearest star, which doesn't have its own planet, is four light years away. If you were traveling the speed of light, anything less than the speed of light and that distance and time just becomes huge. I've got a, my head is full of things that I want to say. (laughs) I'll back (laughs) away from the microphone for a second. No, no, it's,
1: (laughs) it's, it's a little bit painful to, to, to hear you go through these scenarios just from the, the standpoint of, you know, you're, 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 you're locked in the paradigm. And the paradigm is this, you know, it's, it's, that's what I began with. The story is that we are, you know, being visited by UFOs. These UFOs are physical ships that are piloted by aliens that come from some other planet, you know, walked into this physical universe where distances are huge and the physics become really impossible for travel between these great distances and reasonable amounts of time and, and these things. You know, I think that paradigm I have to agree that, that 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 can't be true. That can't be what we're dealing with here. Uh, I, I think mankind's historical record clearly shows visitation from beings that are not human, uh, intelligent beings that are not human. I don't know where they come from, and i don't I don't know if the question is is should be even be asked uh, as a where question, when do these beings come from? do they come from some other dimension? Are these interdimensional beings? You know, we've talked Brett, before about how limited we are in our, in our senses, you know, if, yeah, uh, keep in mind, we have, have, we have five, five senses with very limited bandwidth, mm-hmm. you know, our vision can only see in this tiny range. Our hearing can only hear in this tiny range of, of, of known spectrum of, of phenomena. There might be another 125 senses out there <laughs> that we're not even equipped as receivers of. Mm-hmm. They're, we could be surrounded by alien intelligence. or I should say aliens. It makes you think of another planet, but we could be surrounded by uh non-human intelligence at this very moment. They could be, you could call them angels. You could call them ghosts. And they did. You could call them whatever you want to call them. And, uh, and also to think of them having to possess, you know, some great technology, you know, we're, we're locked in this paradigm of, You know, what makes a civilization advanced is the technology that they can achieve. Mm -hmm. If that is the case, then I can guarantee you that we need to be deathly afraid of aliens. (laughs) Here's why. You know, we are, we are clearly off on another path from every other species on this planet as human beings. Okay. We don't play by the same rules as other species. The rules other species play by are in keeping with, uh, natural balances. We dominate our environment. Uh-huh. We kill our competitors for. And their competitors. And their competitors. And the competitors of their competitors. I read that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's very unnatural that we do that. Uh-huh. And one of the products of that unnatural behavior is our technology. And if we assume that some intelligence that's not human possesses even greater technology than that, then they must have been on that same path. Uh-huh. And they must be, you know, we will be to them as the, as the Aztecs were to the Spanish. They will just come and stomp our ass. So we need to be very afraid. I'm not saying that's the case, but if we play into that paradigm that, you know, these are creatures that are possessing this great technology, I think we have to get away from that. It's not a technological advancement that they have on us. It's a, in loose terms, a communication advancement that they have upon us they can choose to appear to us or not appear to us presumably when an aircraft approaches they can they can dim out or cloak themselves how bizarre they have knowledge that the aircraft's coming and they can hide themselves away in some mysterious way so there's some intelligence behind that they can follow an aircraft they can they can bounce around its wing and see another aircraft they like better and bump over to that one and follow that one for a while so maybe we're not dealing with Ships or aircraft, maybe we're, we're seeing, you know, this visual thing, this visual phenomena that we're locked into is extra dimensional. Maybe it is evidence of a non-human intelligence that is interacting with us in some way. And maybe that's what it is. So for my, I'm sorry to rant for so long, no, but just trying to break you out of that cycle of thinking about distances and technology and all these things. Well, it, I don't think the it, historical evidence points in that direction.
0: Well, and I I think that we there's there's another side to that obviously is that um what we're viewing is a natural uh, naturally occurring something on this planet. Uh we've only been flying now for 100 years. Yeah. Um we've only had high level flight or fast level flight for 50 60 years. Mm-hmm. Really I mean really pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. So what we've been
1: Documenting our interactions with these alien intelligences for which thirty thousand years
0: doesn't mean it's something that we can is just that it's just not something we can't explain that naturally occurs on this planet. Yeah. Um, I I don't think any. Oh, I do hear the dog now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so glad that they're keeping our our special effects going in the other room and not shutting them up. Brett has created a veritable sound stage in which
1: to record, and somehow these dog noises are penetrating. It's sacred is space a conspiracy
0: no question <laughs> so you know there's there's a lot of things and I don't, I don't think there's any earth scientist or, or any really any scientist that that's a true scientist that believes that we've explained everything or that there's there's that we know exactly how everything works you know uh, scientists today w- one of the most tested theories is the theory of relativity um, it's one of the most Exhaustively researched and and tested, thi- ever uh, of anything that we've really come up with, and they still do it today. And I think that is one of the beauties of science is that they don't take. I mean, science is pure skepticism. We, sure. n- nothing is ever taken as true, even though it's you know, oh, this, this has been proven for forty years, and oh. we we can still come back and say, well, let's take. You know, maybe not. I don't know that science is pure skepticism. I'm going to take issue with that
1: because the scientific method begins with a hypothesis. Mm-hmm. It begins with an assumption. So, just in its very beginning state, you've already decided right. a possible outcome for your experiment, and then sure you go through the motions and you, and you try to do it. But it always starts with a hypothesis. Right.
0: So, skepticism. It is not. I, I. I still think even though you start out with an idea, it, it's still you're still looking, you're still observing, and. Pure science now, now, the human brain is is always going to take, it's always going to have a hard time dealing with something that should be pure science yeah. because we always. We're emotional. And, and Yeah, we, we get tied intuitive. to it. Intuitive, sure. And we still want something to come out a specific way. So if you take it with, you know, if, if you add the human element into it, but science itself. If you could come up with a purely scientific, purely reason based being, mm. then it's, it's observe without any kind of idea of what should occur mm. and just document that occurrence. So if we are to look at these UFO from a purely scientific standpoint, if, if we did not believe or if we didn't have any knowledge or if, as a you know, th- there's no proof from a purely scientific standpoint, there's no proof life exists anywhere but on this planet. From a purely scientific standpoint, that stuff that's occurring here, that's being observed, can't be from an alien civilization, or the probability that it is is very, very low because we've never proven that an extraterrestrial civilization exists.
1: Let's not uh, let's not stick with that. With that notion of a extraterrestrial civilization, that that's to me that seems like it's a bunch of beings living on some planet out there in space somewhere. I think there are many scientists who would agree that uh, in modern times, with modern equipment, we have recorded UFOs, unidentified flying objects. Yeah, the actual sense of the word that behave in an intelligent manner and are unexplainable.
0: And I don't know that they would give the intelligent manner one. I, I went and saw uh, a speech by Seth Shostak. And yeah, do you know who he is? No. He is the head of SETI. Oh, and I do know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, I, during the speech, um, some guy piped up in the back of the room. And started yelling these questions at Seth about shuttle images that captured intelligently controlled objects. Hmm. And his response was, I take issue with them being intelligently controlled. Sure. So, and this is someone who, he he has, you know, he's gone through the Drake equation. (laughs) According to him, we will find E.T., Within the next fifty years, right. So, so, this is someone who you know, like that, like the pictures out there. I want to believe, <laughs> and and he does. He wants to believe that they've been here, but scientifically, we can't say that. You know that there's no evidence. There's no proof. You you cannot prove to me that anything that we've seen in our atmosphere. Is intelligently controlled? Is intelligently controlled because it, there's still humans behind them. <laughs> See, what I did there, the joke was, uh, the alien, um, so, not, not that it's, not that they're not intelligently controlled, that, that it's alien. From, and- from somewhere other than a naturally occurring event on this earth. Ha uh-huh. ha. Did I throw enough, uh, Walls in there so that you can't get at me.
1: <laughs> I, I, I guess you did. And I'll have to. I'll have to leave it <laughs> up to you as a listener whether to accept the evidence that uh, that Brett chooses to ignore or not. I don't uh, think it's ignoring. There are a number of people out there that uh, that I think you would agree, based on their credentials, are legitimate scientists mm-hmm. who have stepped forward at risk of their career, probably because mm-hmm. it's a it's a It's a hot topic. Uh,
0: And there's also been NASA astronauts. And not agreed with what you just said. (laughs) There's also been NASA astronauts, one one in particular. Two that I know of, right? (laughs) Um, I I know of Ed Mitchell. Uh, uh, Ed Mitchell, yeah. Who's come out and said that uh, he has proof. He's seen the documents. He can't tell us who told him, and he also can't show the document to us, but he wants us, you know. Yeah, Al Al Warden's the other one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know his story. What did what did he say? He was an Apollo 15 astronaut. Yeah, is that was, correct? Yeah. Uh,
1: so, it, and he's, you know, I, I hate to even offer up what he said in the sense that it, it, it's fitting into this paradigm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, the universe. You know, is uh, is must be inhabited by intelligent life out there somewhere, mm-hmm. and you know. It, he, he, he commented at, uh, actually, it was, one of the, it was one of the many events that were held for the 20th anniversary of, a, of the moon landing, uh, and began with comments, and I'll quote, that the UFO, UFO interpretation of the vision of the prophet Ezekiel in the Bible is a literal translation which describes very clearly a spacecraft with the ability to land vertically and take off vertically. Uh, it was an object that looked very much like the lunar module, that the United States used on the moon, and if it was going to land vertically and take off vertically, uh, it had to go, you know, had to come from someplace and go back to someplace. You know, I mean, he's—I think that's as close as you can get to to, to saying that. Okay,
0: this is some alien, mm-hmm. you know, doing this. Well, Ed, Ed Mitchell—he—he's come out actually. I think he came out uh, in 2008 or maybe just last year. Um, said that he has proved now. No, Ed Mitchell actually walked on the moon on 14. Uh, I know that you say allegedly, but uh, <laughs> he also prefer nice you to agree with me. <laughs> uh, he also performed psychic experiments while he was en route. He tried to pass pictures to his psychic oh, fun. group back home. He also claims to have been psychically healed by a teenager in Canada of some kind of cancer or something like that. okay no so, so you know, does that speak to his character? Can we, you know, psychics, I don't know that there's any conspiracy behind psychics, <laughs> so I don't know if it's necessarily something we'll tackle. Um, you know, so it, it is what's really what it boils down to is you got to decide for yourself what what you think is right. Righto, and uh,
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you another quote. Okay, I'm leafing through some quotes here. Uh, a couple of them were from the were from the astronauts. Uh, this is from Doctor Bruce Maccabee who is. Uh, must be shuttle, Navy optical specialist over 30 years. um, And I quote, after over 30 years of study, I have found that there are sightings, UFO sightings, which involve multiple witnesses, some of which involve quality photographs, some of which involve coincident radar detections, some of which involve the effects on the environment, including, but not limited to electromagnetic effects, traces of landings, which remain unexplained after the, investigation, and scientific analysis. In some of these cases, the descriptions or photos of the objects or phenomena are sufficiently explicit to make it obvious to any scientist that the objects were not natural phenomena or flying craft made by human beings, but rather flying craft made by some other intelligent being.
0: And his background is optics. Navy optics,
1: And that's just one quote out of right. a book full of quotes from. And I'm just—I know you value the opinions of uh, of qualified professionals in right. particular fields. So and understandably so, is uh, I, I do too. You know, I, I don't want to hear from oh somebody who was a you know veterinarian about the details of how rocket boosters work. Right. You know, and so and it's and we have to do that. We have to weed out the the maybe oddball or fringe
0: wheat from the chaff
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah from 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 real comments and that's that's one of the frustrations of, of of even talking about a topic like this because so much of it is surrounded by You know, i talked about earlier about the films of the whatever the desert cults or whatever that were ready to receive these aliens and so much of it is wrapped up in the new age thinking now that you know people are actively trying to establish psychic communication, right. you know, waiting for 2012 to come, and you know, this new awakening.
0: I forgot to bring it's up uh, my, my one fact that I posted about on the <laughs> message board about the about the Phoenix lights. Or not necessarily the Phoenix lights, but lights in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's something that, that was brought up in the... Oh, uh... well, please don't say that they were flares. <laughs> no, 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 not flares. Good. <laughs> um, that
1: was the cover story used for the Phoenix lights back in 1997, by the way. Rocks.
0: Rocks. When rocks break, they can produce energy. Okay. Okay. Uh, when the earth flexes, rocks break. Earthquake. Not necessarily an earthquake. Uh, it can just be... It doesn't have to be something that's rumbling. It just has to be the rocks themselves being shifted. Okay. To the point where the rocks fracture. Okay. Um, big enough, those... That energy static field. discharge,
1: not not necessarily atmosphere. not not yeah. not
0: necessarily static discharge. Uh, mm-hmm. Something like it though, but it can create um, light phenomena in the sky. It's documented that it mm-hmm. can be. I don't have the evidence to say that's been documented. Mm-hmm. I, I'm basing it on one, uh, one documentary that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely something that we need to uh, somebody need to do other research into. This mm-hmm. is one possible explanation. Um, and there's actually actually
1: a really strong connection between UFO sightings and seismic activity
0: right now let me say something else about that um, they induce an electrical current because the, the rocks do create that energy field when they break mm-hmm. it can induce an electrical current in the brain there was a, uh, a researcher um, and you can see this in the documentary he attached electrodes to the subject didn't apparently fill him in on what he was supposed to experience um, put the electrodes on him Pulsed at the same kind of frequency, like the, the energy field that would have been created. Okay. And then had him sit back, relax, and just, you know, experience what he was going to go through. And after he was done, the story that he described that started to trigger in his head, which I don't know the study, so I can't say for sure. They didn't have any preconceived notions about what to plant or what he should be, what they were looking for, because mm-hmm. it wasn't a documentary about this experiment. So I don't know what the blinds were. Mm -hmm. If it works like I'm hoping or what what you'd think a a true study would do, then he didn't have any prior knowledge of what he was supposed to be experiencing. We're going to put these on you. Tell us what you see. Mm. His report was very, very close to alien abduction stories. He Uh saw in his head, he started getting flashes of very smooth skinned people. Hmm gray skins Mm -hmm. uh he felt like he wasn't alone in the room he's had this really intense feeling of being somewhere else Mm -hmm. surrounded by these gray smooth skinned people interesting while he was in this room with electrodes pulsing because that's something with a very particular area of the brain that they were pulsing yeah which can possibly be triggered by this kind of uh, again, seismic activity would do it Sure, possibly. So that's that's
1: really, really interesting. And and that, that I mean that ties into the you know, there are a number of paranormal investigators that uh, that's one of the first things they check when they're checking a mm-hmm. site for activity and, and watch the oh, the ghost hunter show mm-hmm. or whatever, they'll they'll do an EMF sweep to make sure there's not any electrical disturbances that might explain people having uncomfortable feelings or right. you know, something's over my shoulder being watched, and that fits in nicely with that. And I'll I'll counter that by by saying this. Imagine, and this is kind of what we were talking about earlier, you know, we, we have limited receptors as human beings. We have our five senses, and they're not the greatest senses for realizing what the world around us is doing. Imagine if we are exposed to an electromagnetic field that increases bandwidth or Or opens up another sensor. Mm -hmm. Maybe we really are surrounded by smooth skin aliens. (laughs) Right now, as we sit here in this room,
0: they're phase shifted.
1: We're just too dumb to realize it. (laughs) And maybe if we're given a little zap, we suddenly see it and we think, holy crap, I'm not alone in this room. Freaky. Right. Right. And fear sets in and we think, wow, are they gonna, they gonna probe my anus (laughs) or what, (laughs) you know? And, uh, you 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 never know. You never know. Mm -hmm. Our ghost aliens are, Angels, aliens
0: are, are what we call God, aliens? Or are they all just weird electrical currents passing through our brain making us think that they are? Yeah, we're having an epileptic fit of (laughs) monumental proportions. So you say they're aliens, or you say that they could be. My, my response, of course, is, okay, prove it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I think we are a little over an hour now. So I guess we'll go ahead and wipe this, wipe this up. Um, wind this up. Let's go ahead and just wind it up.
1: So much more to say about UFOs. Maybe we'll touch upon. I think that we could definitely episode. keep
0: going. Um, you know, uh, the dog is seeing aliens again. So I hear. We'll have to control that for next time. But what is what is, what next, is next time? On it? Yeah. What did we What did we say was going to be?
1: I think we were batting around the idea of, uh,
0: column yeah. trails, slash chemtrails. trails. That's yeah. right. All right. So. More weird things in the sky. More, about. more weird things in the sky. Why not? Um,
1: but but P- trust us, this is not the weird things in the sky show. This is not so. Uh, <laughs> um,
0: for those that may not know and, and uh, think that you don't want to listen next week because you've never heard of chemtrails, uh, just a real quick breakdown. The um, conspiracies say that <laughs> there are
1: airplanes that are spraying bizarre chemicals. In the sky every day, either for weather control experiments or population control experiments. And uh, you can observe these if you look up most days by seeing what appear to be vapor trails behind airplanes that do not dissipate quickly as uh, condensation
0: trails would. And science says they're just vapor trails that don't dissipate quickly as other vapor trails do. (laughs) Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> thanks to you guys for making it through this whole way. Hope we didn't uh, ruffle feathers or make people bored.
1: And look to the look to the TPD cast website for additional information. Here, we'll get some some book links up there and mm-hmm. further reading. Um, I'm definitely going to post some interesting pictures from ancient times that you can look at. That'll
0: freak you out. And. Let's also, you know, if you guys want to join in the discussion, um, there's a few different stories, a few different topics being discussed right now on the message board. Um, that is, yeah, you can find the link, again, off the tpdcast.com website. Uh, click on the forum link and join in the discussion. Tell us your viewpoints. Send us your UFO pictures. Um, if you're a skeptic, join in. Tell them why those UFO pictures are nothing more than tin cans being thrown in the air or attached by string taking my pictures that are intentionally hoaxing us. <laughs> that so, must be it. That's totally what it is. I've, I've got it in a, a book right here. Riddle solved. <laughs> so, uh, again, everybody, thanks for listening. Hope you had a good time, and we hope to hear from you on the boards, and um, we'll talk to you next week. See you then.